You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to McIntyre's Next Level Podcast, a place for entrepreneurs, leaders, and dreamers to awaken and be activated to their full potential. Are you ready to get out of the boat and experience your next level? Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome to the Next Level Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna McIntyre, stepping in for Michael this week. And I have the honor and privilege of interviewing one of our lovely NLE alumni, Edie Allen. Edie came through NLE in June of 2021 and Leadership 300 in September of 2021. And she just incredibly inspired us. And she has been such an inspiration in our um, alumni Facebook group. She she just pours out and um, we wanted y'all to hear her heart. We think it's really important that you get to hear her story of perseverance. And we hope that you leave inspired by this. So Edie, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, Rihanna. Thanks for having me. Um, I have a an interesting background. Mm-hmm. You do. <laughs> I was born in Texas, but I grew up overseas. And then I lived in California for about 23 years. I was raising um, two sons. I was a single mom. Um, you know, I came from a dysfunctional family. So there was a lot of stuff about that. But um, I still was raising my sons while um, my youngest son was handicapped. So I had to stay home with him all the time. And then my other son, but anyways, they died. Um, One had asthma. He died when he was 14 and a half. And then 10 months later, my other son died um, from, he had caught a flu. Mm -hmm. And so, but I know they're both in heaven, but what it did to me, I wasn't walking with the Lord then. I got saved when I was 13, Mm -hmm. but I just never walked with the Lord. And I went spiraling. How old were you when they passed? I was 40. Okay. Yeah, I was 40. Um, And, you know, I was, I was an alcoholic and I smoked pot every day of my life for like 30 years plus, you know, I mean, I was, I was a party girl and, um, so when that happened, I just went deep. I mean, I hadn't drank really so much till after they died. <clears throat> I started drinking again because the grief crippled me. I was so, I mean, it, it literally crippled me. I, I couldn't get out of bed on those weeks, those weeks of their birthday, the weeks of their death day, the holidays. Um, and so I would just get a bottle of whiskey and a bag of pot and just stay cry and wake up and get stoned and drunk and then cry and go back to see you know the cycle yeah so I did that for like 15 and a half years and did you I didn't know what to do huh sorry did you have anyone in your life that was supportive of you or were you kind of alone in this process no I was alone estranged from my family you know I pretty much I had friends, but I pretty much just went through it alone because yeah. nobody knew what to say to me. Yeah. Cause we were a family unit, you know, they were, they were all pretty much all I had. Yeah. So, um, and you know, I always expected my youngest son to die. I know that sounds terrible, but he had multiple handicaps. And so that's what he, we had been hearing all his life. Yeah. I never expected my other son to die. I just never did. And, you know, because he had asthma, it had been managed, et cetera. But when kids are teenagers, things happen. Mm-hmm. And so um, he wasn't using his medication right. So it ended up, you know, killing him because he didn't, he just didn't stick with the program because yeah. they think they can grow out of it. Right. And it's not his fault. You know, it's not his fault at all. But um, it's still, it was a huge tragedy in my life. So I didn't really know how to deal with the grief. My, their doctors told me to go to a grief group and that didn't work, you know, because the other parents 
they were so callous. They say like, well, your kids were sick. So I'm all like, like it made a difference. I'm all, you know, they Doesn't still matter. died. Right. <laughs> you know, you so I never, your went world. I never went to back to that group ever. Yeah. And I just stuffed the grief down inside, you yeah. know, and I got busy. I, I went back to work. Then I went back to school. I'm like, well, I don't have any reason to not finish my degree because I tried when I was I had them, but I, I just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I just stayed busy, you know, and just stayed busy. And I just didn't deal with the grief. I still, those days would still cripple me, um, but I would just push through, you know. And then while I was getting my undergrad, um, I realized that I went in to get, I wanted to quit smoking. So I went in to get some antidepressants to quit smoking because I heard they work. Mm-hmm. Well, I read this article in the waiting room about depression. And you know how they have those little uh, boxes on the side. If you have three or more of these, you should seek medical help. Mm-hmm. I had all 12. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and when I told the, the psychiatrist that, he's like, okay, well, I'm giving you an antidepressant, but it's not for you to quit smoking. And I realized then I had gone into a deep clinical depression and didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. I was still functioning, but really not truly functioning. Right. Um, so I just started spiraling down into an abyss. I mean, I was so negative. I, I hated myself. I hated the world. I was so sad all the time. I was negative Nelly. I mean, I would create something to be negative about, mm-hmm. you know, but I wouldn't kill myself because I kind of felt like that would keep me from seeing my sons in heaven. Mm-hmm. So I never got that far. But mm-hmm. I mean, I was listening to death metal and I wore black all the time and just real negative. Yeah. Um, in 2009, I was on my way to work and um, in my little convertible and this guy pulled out from a light. He ran through this red light and he came out. I was, it was a three lane road. He came out. I was in the first lane. I moved over cause I saw him. I thought maybe he was going to come through the light. I moved over to the middle lane and he came out into my lane and my car moved perpendicular over into the far left lane. I felt his car whoosh by mine and I death just like reached out and grabbed me, tried to grab me. Mm-hmm. And I cried all the way to the train station and I see my train leave when I get there and I'm all, okay, Lord, you must have plans for my life because I'm not having this conversation with you up there right now. Yeah. So I asked him to forgive me for how I've been living Wow. and that I would do whatever I need to do to get back on track with his plan for my life. Wow. And so that night coming home, I hear so clear. I know now it was the Lord, but I was like, go to church. I'm like, <laughs> go to church. What? <laughs> and been to church. I'm like, I'm one of those people. No, you don't want me to go to church. You know, you definitely don't want to sit next to me because, you know, lightning and all. You know, <laughs> but there was a church that was in the neighborhood that met on Tuesday night. And so I'm like, oh, well, I did say whatever, whatever I need to do. Well, let me go home and we'll get my Bible. Uh huh. I heard because, you know, my aunt had given me a Bible. The dog had chewed the corner. I knew I had it somewhere. But the Lord, I heard the Lord say, no. They have Bibles. Just go straight to church because he knew if I went home, I would sit oh, down. I smoke a joint. I'm like, ah, oh, that couldn't have been God. No. You know? <laughs> yes. And you know, when I walked through the door that night, he started changing my life. Mm. Started, that was really, really when my journey of transformation started. Wow. Because I had never read the Bible. You know, I mean, I just wasn't, we just weren't real spiritual, spiritual family. So um, I started reading the Bible and learning how to pray and um I, I'm reading the book and I'm like oh my goodness there's answers for everything in here and I get to the <clears throat> excuse me I get to that part in Isaiah about Jesus bore our, our grief mm-hmm. and his body on the tree I'm all well if he took my grief why am I grieving mm. you know <laughs> and I'm telling you God just started he started healing my body I was so sick I had some I took like 15 different medications he started healing my body one by one. The medications left. He started wow. healing my heart. He wow. started healing my soul. And um, I can sit here today and say that um, he has completely healed my heart where 
my where the grief is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so grateful. I, I still miss them. And right. sometimes I do get sad, but I recognize it now and I don't even let it happen. Mm. You know, and so it's been all these years. It's, there's been because I wandered in the wilderness. I say I wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because I did. <laughs> I was wild. I was a wild child. <laughs> and <laughs> so there was a lot of things that, uh-huh. you know, he catches the fish and then he cleans them. And I'm telling you, there's been, I was like one of those giant jumbo onions, like from Outback. And he's been yeah. peeling layer, peeling layer. <laughs> and I know, I think it's an endless onion. I think it's yes. just, he's just going to keep, he's going to keep peeling it. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's um, So I'm really struck by the faith that you stepped into from the space that you were at before. And I know that it was your yes and his faithfulness to you. How would you, um, you know, there might be people out here who listen to this and they know someone who is in the wilderness in a similar situation that you were in, or they might be in the wilderness themselves. And what would you tell them? Because I find it so incredible when people and it sounds simple, but it's not when they truly stand on the word of God and they believe for that, um, that change, that transformation, the healing, the healing of your body, the healing of your heart, your soul. So what would you tell people who, who want that, who are hungry for that? What would you advise them to do? I would say, take a step and also believe Mm -hmm. if someone had told me how different I would be today back then I never would have believed them yeah but I can tell you I can sit here and I say take it from one who was in complete darkness that when you ask the Lord when you receive Jesus as your Lord and you just start following his ways and learning to love yourself and reading the word speaking the word um praying I, I, you know, I don't know how it works, but it works. I can guarantee you it works. It's amazing what he's done in my life. I mean, he restored my lungs. I've had multiple miracles. And because I believe what the word says, there's miracles all through the word of God. And there's testimonies, people, all kinds of different testimonies. And, um, just believe and know that God loves you so much and he's never left you. Yeah. That he has a special plan for you, for your life. And he wants more than anything for you to walk in your destiny. And I didn't know that. I didn't know I was in the darkness till I came out into the light. Mm -hmm. And now looking back, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm so grateful every day for how he's changed me, you know, I mean, I, I haven't drank in years. I haven't, I don't smoke pot. I don't smoke cigarettes. I don't, I get high on Holy spirit. (laughs) I, you know, and it's, it, it's so obvious from you, you see that joy and it's true and it's pure from you. And that's what is so attractive about what you carry. And I, I remember seeing you right after Leadership 300 and you said something about joy or how you received more joy or something. And I'm like, is that possible? <laughs> and it challenges me. And I'm, I'm so grateful to see someone stand so firmly on the word. And I think it's, um, it's very much needed. We need people like you, Edie, who, um, who are firm in that. So, okay, since that time frame since you've had this transformation. And I know, obviously, like you said, the transformation continues on and on and on. What, what was life like, you know, between then and then since I've met you at NLE? Oh, it's like been better than the cherry on top. NLE was like the whipped cream. Mm -hmm. L300 was like the cherry, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? I mean, there was even more refining the the Lord. And there was some, the biggest thing for me at NLE was I had some deep 
mommy and daddy wounds that mm-hmm. even though I have been through a lot of healing and deliverance and all those things, they still lingered. Yeah. But that wonderful process um, of NLE, it just pulled all that out. Yeah. And completely healed me of that. So what for you, for those who have not been to NLE, in your words, Edie, what would you say, how was it different than those other deliverance or the other types of ministry you've been in or received from? How was that different for you? I think the other things have kind of like steps that you do. Mm-hmm. NLE is 100% Holy Spirit. It's just spirit led. Mm-hmm. It's like so many different people there. But I know Holy Spirit touched each and every single one of them in the way that he wanted to. Yeah. He orchestrated that particular group of people together. He that's the way that that y'all do that it's just it's just 100 holy spirit he amazed me i was completely in awe it wasn't always fun but you know <laughs> that's very honest <laughs> and it's not all supposed to be fun right you know it, it, because but you know what it feels better after For it sure. always feels better after you i mean there's something about getting set free from things, even if it's just a mindset. Absolutely. You know, but definitely getting set free from soul things and um getting closer to the Lord. Yeah. And and being, I think what it really did did for me in a major way was really helped me understand how much God loves me. Yeah. Even more. I already knew God loved me. But this was like, he loves you. There's mm-hmm. nothing you can do that will stop him from loving you. Mm-hmm. And I really picked that up from, um, from that, from that experience. And I would say to anyone, do it, <laughs> just do it. I, I didn't know what to expect mm-hmm. and I had no idea. And I kept, and I'll tell you, I kept asking the Lord, Lord, what? what is it going to be like? What do I need to do? You'll find out. He would tell me nothing. He was mom. He's in on our way. (laughs) Holy spirit knows everything. He would not tell me anything about it. That's awesome. But you know, he was preparing me in that week before, you know, bringing little things up. And I'm all like, yeah, well, I had no idea. No, he was really playing. That's awesome. So, okay. With that, and um, our audience doesn't know this, but Edie recently uh, completed her MBA, which is amazing. And um, I'm just struck by you willing to being willing to take yourself on um, continuously. And so, you know, as someone who just finished that, I know you were still finishing it up when you were doing NLE, you know, why, why do something else? Why continue to challenge yourself? Because you didn't have to step in and get your MBA. Um, I'm assuming you didn't have to, but you wanted to. So what, like, you're obviously a very growth minded person. Um, what, why yes to the MBA? And then why yes to continuing to challenge yourself? Like with things like NLE and L300? Well, because I look at it like I was a late bloomer in a way Mm. I had a lot of things I had a different life yeah you know and then tragedy um and I kind of hid for a while and I think it just goes along with God transforming me Mm -hmm. because where I went from he literally picked me up out of the mire and turned me around you know I where I didn't want to do anything and so now how I am now, I love to learn. Mm -hmm. I'm all what's next, Mm -hmm. you know, what's my next God adventure, (laughs) you know, (laughs) because it's always good with God. Yeah. You know, even, even when he's healing and sometimes we have to go through things that we don't want to hear, but afterwards is always a hundred percent better, better than you could even imagine. 
you know, I, I love the Ephesians prayers. Those are some of my favorite prayers. And it is exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. Mm. Um, and so while things aren't easy, I mean, halfway through that MBA thing, I was really considering if I was crazy or not, because <laughs> I couldn't figure out why I went back to school for sure. But, you know, I had to push through and finish yeah. it. And now I, I'm, I'm glad I am. I did because it's going to, I don't know how God's going to use it, but he'll use it somehow. Yeah. You know? so, but what and, was the decision? Why were you like, yeah, let me do this now. What, what inspired you in that way? Cause I mean, it's a daunting process, you know, for yeah. those, for those I know who've completed their MBA or received their MBA or earned it, whatever, however you say it, it's a process, a big one. So why? Well, to me, our lives are precious and time is like our most precious commodity. And so I was trying to catch up. I had an, an a, when I first started it, I had a financial incentive to do it mm -hmm. um, because of where I was working. But when that all changed, I continued on because I didn't want to leave something half finished. That's so good. That was the old me. Yeah. You know, I, I like to do to me is you got to be 100 percent in Amen. no matter what you do. Yeah. If it's it's really no matter what you do, you can't just kind of kind of sort of do something no, because you're never going to you're, you're never going to take a step forward. You can take one step forward, but until you take the next next step and the next step and the next step, you're not going to. So yes. that's that's and I love to learn. And I, I'm still, you know, I, I, I believe that you should learn something new every day, at least one thing. Mm -hmm. And if you have that mindset, guess what? You learn about five different things every day. <laughs> so true. That's amazing. So, okay. What inspired you in the process once that financial incentive was over? Like how, how did you continue on? Cause I can't imagine that being easy without the incentive. It wasn't easy, but I just felt like it was part of God's plan for my life. Mm -hmm. And the bigger um, picture. Yeah. And yeah. and so I just wanted to I, I always endeavored to be in his will. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be in his perfect will. And, and it's tough because yeah. I have a very analytical mind. Mm -hmm. I will think something to death and have I'll have it all figured out. Oh yeah, he's gonna do it this way and this step and that step. I'll have it all calculated out. <laughs> and then I know, I know God's up there. I love this girl. She's <laughs> she's got such a good brain, but I'm in control. Great. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I I don't really need your help, Edie, but you know, it's okay. It's good to think it out. <laughs> yeah, nice try. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And that's really, I think that's been the huge secret for me is every time I yield yeah. to the Lord, something big and great happens. That's awesome. That's beautiful. So talk about yielding. I know that um, during your leadership, you shared about a potential other son. Yes. Um, yes. I would love for you to share what you, whatever you want to with our listeners, because this is such an inspirational testimony of the Lord. He is so faithful. He is so faithful. Um, I had put up a son when I was 18, put a son up for adoption. I got pregnant and my parents were horrified because mm -hmm. back in those days, it was not, you know, to be a single mom and have a baby out of wedlock, it was just unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And um, so they forced me to get my son up for adoption. I didn't really have a choice. Um, and I never got to hold him. You know, I never got to see him. And it was like one of the worst experiences I'd ever had mm -hmm. because I had grown him in my belly all that time. And then I never even got to see him. So I'd always looked for him several times during my life. I always wondered about him. Was he okay? Is he alive? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, all I knew it, he was a boy, 
you know, and he was like seven pounds, seven ounces or something like that. That's all I knew about him. And um, every time I started looking for him, it just, I just hit a brick wall. I couldn't find the records. I couldn't remember a lot about it because I, it was just traumatic. And um, I, every time I tried, I just kept trying. I probably looked for him three or four times. Mm -hmm. And then after my sons died, I was inspired to look for him again because I'm like well wait a minute you know because I was going through this thing well I'm yeah. not a mom anymore I'm like well wait if my son's still alive I am a mom yeah but you know again I hit the hit the brick walls again because it's just not um it's not easy for birth parents to find their adopted kids it's easier for the adoptees to find the birth parents so anyway fast forward to this year <laughs> <laughs> Which is how many years later since the last time you've checked? Um, 1998. Okay. Okay. So it's been a while. It's been some decades. Yeah. And well, I guess I did look again in 2004. I take that back in 2004. I, I did again, look, okay. you know, I got on adoption website, put the information yeah. I knew, um, hoping somebody, if, if he's looking for me you know now this is still before all the ancestry dna and all that mm -hmm. um so it was kind of hard to do but <clears throat> anyway i was um i was it was early in the morning and the lord the first thing he said to me one morning was if you could see your adopted son face to face what would you say to him mm -hmm. and i said god what kind of question is that hmm. why you know i can't find him why are you asking me that question? And he just, he asked me again. So I'm like, well, if I could see him, I'd tell him I loved him. I never wanted to give him up. And I listed all these things. I didn't think anything of it. So then that started, God started something that day. <laughs> and there was just coincidence after coincidence after coincidence. I see some friends of mine did an ancestry DNA they found a daughter and a granddaughter that they didn't even know they had. Um, and I'm like, well, that's fascinating. And then I watched just this random movie on Netflix one night. I thought it had an inter interesting name, August Rush. Oh, yeah. Like, that, sound, that sounds cool. It was about a little kid that had been adopted and he finds his birth parents in the end and all these coincidences. So I'm like, you know, it doesn't seem like a coincidence to me. And as I was talking to people about it, they said, I don't think, I think maybe you're supposed to start looking for him again. So, you know, I thought about, it. I'm like, well, you know, but then I committed to it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to try really hard. Try seriously. I'll do the ancestry DNA and, you know, try to get back on those adoption websites. I'll commit to it. So I did the ancestry. I got, got the results back really faster than I expected, but there was no sun match. Hmm. So then I go through this whole rejection thing for the, that whole day. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have done it. Now they got my DNA and all this stuff. I crazy. opened that door. I was yeah. crazy, but I'm all, well, I committed. Mm -hmm. So let me keep looking. That's that maybe he just hadn't had a DNA test. You know, so I got on this Facebook, one of the Facebook groups for adopt adoptees and adopted parents. And um, I posted the information I knew that I was looking for my son, where he was born and how old he was. And I didn't even really know his birthday. I knew the week, you know. And so within two hours, I got a, a reply from the admin saying, there's someone that fits those qualifications that's looking for his birth mom. I'll get you in touch with the Oklahoma specialist. She calls me. We talked for like two hours. And it was so interesting because she, the search angels are amazing. The search angels are very cool. They're very good at what they do. So she was going to help me. We were going to get all the names of the boys that had been born that week. And it's a little town in Oklahoma. So there wasn't that many. Mm -hmm. And um, then I didn't hear anything from her for about three weeks. I called her back just to follow up. I said, well, you said you were going to do the spreadsheet with the kids. We we're going to go process of elimination. I was wondering where you were at. For whatever reason, something jogged her memory. She's like, oh, my gosh, there's someone that fits these 
these things about the birth that's looking for his mom. And his fiance was her friend and had been in touch with them. <laughs> so it just went rapid after that. She puts us in a Facebook group with a fiance and, and the search angel and me. And the things that there was just too many coincidences. And it's like the search angel said, they're, they're not coincidences, they're God incidences. And that's exactly what they were. He just like orchestrated this whole thing. <clears throat> so when, and I, I kind of, when I saw pictures of him and everything, I kind of knew, I mean, he's the family resemblance. I just knew. And plus, you know, I had inside information from Holy Spirit, but that doesn't always, that doesn't always, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that doesn't always um, work with other people. Mm-hmm. So then we're waiting for them to get their test back. Anyways, I get all choked up. <laughs> I try not to cry because oh, it's so great. amazing. It's so amazing. Um, the more we talked and we started to share a lot more and the search angel's like, well, you know, wait a minute. We probably want to get the DNA test back. So I just couldn't take the waiting. So we did another maternity test. It was a lot faster. And we get, we got the results in four days and it came back that I was the mom, 99.9997% the mom. And I just like started crying, but celebrating, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, God just orchestrated that whole thing and restored him to me. And he was, because he was looking for me too. It's been a joyous experience Mm. and I find out not only do I have a son I have three grandchildren that's amazing (laughs) that's so amazing I have two granddaughters and a grandson and I'm all oh my gosh I'm a grandma you know and I never thought that would ever happen and there's the goodness of God and you know I mean if I don't do anything else, I can pray over them because now I'm a praying mama. I'm a praying grandma. You know, I mean, they just inherited this amazing person in their life. They have, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm blown away and I'm, I'm excited for them. I mean, of course I'm excited for you, but like you're a huge blessing and I'm, that's amazing. Thank you. I'm excited because it's like restoration. It's a, yes. a huge restoration miracle because I had no family for so long. You know, even my blood family away, they, they, they didn't want me and everything. And that's fine. I'm over that. I forgave them for whatever, you know, but being alone is a really hard thing. And I have been going through this, this thing this year where I really felt alone a lot of times and the Lord never leaves you. And so, but sometimes you just need a hug, you know, and, and I know God hugs us. The the Holy spirit is their comforter, you know, but that, but I'm a person, I'm a human, you know, and it's just a human thing. Um, but now God has just completely changed my whole life with one little test and how it's amazing to me because he did this in two months. Okay two months that's crazy the acceleration is like oh my goodness years ago it wouldn't have happened it could yeah Yeah. and as soon as they found out the results they were both like welcome to the family oh (laughs) that's incredible (laughs) so it's really um and I noticed it has really changed a lot of things about how I think because before I never had a leg never thought about a legacy Yeah. you know, doing a lot of generational cleansing and healing and everything. And I was all, God, this doesn't make sense why I'm doing this. Well, I guess I'm doing it for the rest of my family because I don't have anything, any, yeah. any descendants, you know, but now I know wow. he, he's been planning this all my, who knows how long That's I'm, so I'm sure cool. for years. And then I found out yesterday that somebody I met, uh, somebody I had worked with in 2015, I met him technically in 2016 the Lord put it on their heart to pray for family for me. And she's all like, well, we can be family. And the Lord's like, no, pray for her family. So she's been praying for her, for for me to have family 
since 2016. And she oh was super God. excited to find this out because it was answered prayer. <laughs> Amazing. I'm like, wow. Those are the coolest like little pieces of those stories that come out and the details. And he's so in the details of everything. Yes, everything. So why do you, do you feel like there's a reason for now with this, you know, this restoration? Cause sometimes we're like, well, okay, why didn't it happen before? But why now? Why do you, do you sense that? I know we don't, of course, we're not going to fully know, but. Well, I know a lot of it and I really do attribute a lot of it to NLE and L300 because it's all about heart posture. Mm-hmm. And I feel like God needed me to get into a place and to where I could die to self and just completely surrender to him. Mm. And the minute that I just really and truly, I mean, you can say, oh, I surrender God. <laughs> but yeah. when you're still trying to do things on your own and in your own strength, your own way, you're yeah. not really surrendering to him. And I feel like I grew so much from the, from the NLE experience and wow. from L300 that um, he's really been preparing me and, and waiting. Cause I, I asked the same thing. Why, Why did not? I just find out now? And, yeah. you know, I know there's some healing ahead for both of us mm-hmm. because the more <clears throat> I research it to find out what is it like to be an adoptee, I find out there's physiological things that go on when, when you have, when you give birth that part of the process is you got to hold your child. And when you don't hold your child, there's this huge break in your whole, in your whole psyche and your soul and your heart. Yeah. So I know the Lord's going to, but I know he's healed me of so many things. So I can confidently say, well, this is just one more thing he's going to heal. Yeah. And for people who are standing for their healing, I just want to say, keep standing. Just ask the Lord, check your heart, ask the Lord, is there anything that I can do is there something that's blocking my healing because he's done so many healing miracles in my life some I expected Mm -hmm. and some I didn't and I'm still standing for healing for a couple of things but I know in my heart that he is going to heal because that's his will for us to be healed healed you know and but sometimes there's things that we have to do forgiveness is big you know I I carried some major unforgiveness for decades Mm. so that takes time to root all that stuff up to -hmm. get all the yucky stuff out yes it just take it can take time and it's not easy but it's it's always worth it in the end and um I have just resigned myself to because I asked him are we done yet (laughs) I was like no (laughs) I'm like I know when I'll be done is when I'm in heaven Mm-hmm. You know, so while we're on this earth, we just have to just get, just just submit to his way, yeah. you know, his will and his way as best we can. And he's gracious and he's merciful and he will always, you know, if we fall down 200 times, he's going to pick us up 200 times, you know, and just just to know and believe that what his word says is true. Yes. And when he makes a promise. Mm -hmm. it's going to come to pass. Mm -hmm. It may be a while. Mm -hmm. And then there's even those things that see, that was a desire of my heart to find my son. Yeah. I never, ever thought it would actually happen, but it was always a desire of my heart. And so God has blessed me with that and made it even better than I could even imagine, you know, because now I do have a legacy. You know, it's like, wow. Have y'all been able to reunite physically yet or? No, we're still working on that. I'm not sure when that's going to happen. Um, we did do a FaceTime. I got to see the kids in their Halloween costumes and, Aww. you know, it was a little short thing and we are, we are talking, um, on messenger. Okay. Um, I, I'm believing cause I'm kind of like letting him do all that. Yeah. You no, know, yeah. cause I don't want to rush him. Yeah. I, I want to like, okay, I'll be up there in three hours. I'm here. Yeah. But <laughs> Let you're me go jump on the plane. I'll be right there. Yes. You know? But yeah. you know, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to be pushy, yeah. you know, cause it is such a huge thing to find out. 
It you is. Know? And he's already had a lot of answers just from the conversations that we have had. Mm-hmm. For instance, he was always, he always loved things from Louisiana. He loves Cajun food. He's never been to Louisiana and none That's of his family's too. from Louisiana. And so it was kind of weird. He's growing up. I'm like, why do I like this? Well, that was one of the first questions they asked me. Do you do you have any ties to Louisiana? I'm like, well, my dad's from Louisiana. <laughs> That's wild how that happens. And you have this is kind of changing the subject, but a little bit on the subject. So you have a um, a company that's is it Bayou Barbecue? Bayou Born Barbecue. Bayou Born Barbecue. Okay, and it's amazing. So that's. I'm assuming that's one of your passions and your hobbies. You're very creative, Edie. What she hasn't told you yet is that she's a very creative person. And so I know there's more hidden pursuits that I don't know about, but I remember recently seeing on Facebook, you decorated a pumpkin for work. Yeah. um, And if you didn't win, then I'm calling someone. Did you win? I tied for first. Okay. Well, was it the 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 carved pumpkin was like, I mean, okay. Well, it's am- it was amazing. amazing. Anyway, we she is very, very creative. She she made this beautiful pumpkin. You couldn't even tell it was a pumpkin, but she made it look <laughs> like a gumball machine. It was so cool. Um, and then you also have uh, Bayou Born Barbecue. And what prompted you to start that? Was that just a life passion or? Well, I didn't have my dad's recipe exactly, but what I did try to do was mimic it mm-hmm. by how I remembered it from when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. So that had been a while and it took me some time, probably took me maybe a year to get it perfected. But one day I'm like, that's it. That's it right there. So I wrote it down and that's the barbecue sauce I started using like at our barbecues and cookouts. And every time we had, I'd serve it, people would say, this sauce is really good. You ought to market it. I'm like, you're just saying that because you're eating my ribs. They're like, no, no, I'm serious. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to see. So I entered it in the the Sacramento County Fair and I got a perfect score. The only thing I got marked off was the presentation because I hadn't canned anything in 40 years, (laughs) you know? So I'm like, wow, that was pretty interesting. So I entered as many as I could that year and the state fair. I got uh blue ribs the state fair and then the following year i entered a bunch of contests in all over northern california i put like seven thousand miles on my car delivering sauce and i got a stack of ribbons (laughs) so i'm like wow so now i thought if that is so that was my really my differentiation strategy Uh because i'm looking at the barbecue the barbecue sauce market is pretty saturated and i'm like i have to have something that sticks sticks out from the from the rest Mm-hmm. And the only other one I had saw, I had seen that was um, award winning, had one award. I'm like, okay, I got that beat. Then I start entering national. And then I started expanding. I made some pepper jelly for a potluck at work one day. And I thought it was so strange. Why would anyone want to eat something hot and sweet? It's so good though. <laughs> to me, it was weird, but it was a hit. I'm like, wow. So I started researching pepper jellies and there was a lot out there. So I asked the Lord to give me something where I can make mine different. Mm-hmm. So I make mine with habanero peppers. Mm-hmm. And that, cause that's, that's a little different yeah. and it's really 100% a Holy spirit recipe. And so I entered that one in a couple of, um, in the national, and then they had the world hot sauce awards. I entered it there and it won the second place there. So in then the last world year, hot sauce? Yeah, world hot sauce. It was second place in this category. Oh my! And I had one. Of, I had one of the judges walk up to me afterwards and say, "I think your jelly should have made first place, but I voted for it to go first. <laughs> so that was cool. How but, cool! And then it won the um, Texas State Fair last year. That's so crazy. That was that's the last time it'll compete. But you know, I, I named it um, Bayou Born because my daddy was born on the Bayou. And it's kind of based on, you know, family recipe. It's not the same recipe, but yeah. um, it's, I got it as close as I could. Um, by heart. You got it by yeah. heart. 
And that's so awesome. that's, you know, it's kind of on hold right now, but I, I'm still making it. Mm -hmm. But I even have new recipes. I just did a peach habanero is my latest recipe. But I want to do an organic wine, mm -hmm. you know, and I want to bring back my sugar-free ketchups. Mm -hmm. um, and um, there's a huge market for that. Yeah. yeah. So I was yeah. I was doing sugar-free, but I was using Splenda and I had I couldn't I hate Splenda. So yeah. I'm like, no, we, we got to find a different a different way. So I need to go back to the drawing board and experiment. Gotcha. So um, what I love about what you said, and you had so much strategy in, in creating, and as my dad would always say, a blue ocean, um, by trying to find a blue ocean within like the barbecue sauce industry is not an easy thing, but, but going after the award, the awards, and that was like your strategy, which is amazing. That's a great idea. Um, very savvy of you to, to figure out what would make you stand out. So I love that. And I just, I wanted to point out that like hidden gem from what's it, what's within um, what you shared, but how can people purchase your um, Bayou Born sauces, jellies, all of the things? Um, they can go to my website, uh, www.bayoubornbarbecue.com. Okay. And it's B-A-Y-O-U-B-O-R-N-B-B-Q.com. Awesome. I, and what I love about that, um, you know, the heart behind of you starting it is it, it feels like it's almost, you know, you are bringing in, despite from being disconnected from your um, born, the family that you came from, you are honoring them in that and you are representing them and you're, you're incorporating that into, you know, what you're putting, what you've so lovingly created and put forth so I think that's beautiful and and that's an in itself a story of redemption it is yeah and you know that's I know because it was a God idea you know God always has strategies he's very strategic yeah and he's he has strategies for every single one of us it's just trying to figure out you know what they are and, and really I have to do is ask him <laughs> like what, what, what how can I do this or what can I do here yeah you know and and he seems to always um uh, make a way yes so well, what I love is that you you consistently go to the next level if you will by you really submit yourself to the Lord and the Holy Spirit and um something that I wrote down earlier in our interview is um, I would love for you, and we'll close out with this, to share with the listeners how you've built this rich intimacy with the Lord. And if they want to um, be able to have that similar relationship of, of hearing from him so, you know, strategically and so personally, what does that look like to, you know, I most of our listeners probably believe, you know, that we all can hear from the Lord, which is awesome, but you carry an extra level to it that I think people are longing for. I think I'm, I'm still learning that, mm -hmm. but, and maybe because I didn't start reading the Bible until I was already an adult. Mm -hmm. I was just never one of those people that was raised in church. Yeah. You know, that, when I started reading it and I started seeing there was answers to everything that was going on in my life, answers, solutions for every question I had, that, it, that piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. And so I just went, I just got on fire for God. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to know more. Yeah. I want to know more. I hear about somebody's limb growing out. I'm like, I want to see that. I hear about God healing somebody. I'm like, God, why can't I be healed? Mm -hmm. You know, and everybody has miracles. I've had a lot of miracles, um, but he does a lot of miracles in everyone's lives. Yeah. And just um, abiding with him and asking him what to do. It took me a while to get there, but I felt I started out reading the word and reading the word out loud. You know, and then I read about somebody who journaled. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to journal and just sit there and have. And I was that taught me how to learn 
what was my mind and what was God's mind. Yeah. And so now I really know that if it's good, it's God. And sometimes he wants to correct us, but he always corrects us with love, you know, and he always does it in a very kind way, mm-hmm. but it's still correction. And when he wants us to do something, it's like sometimes when we want things, we need to make changes. We need to change like what we eat or we need to exercise or we need to pray or, you know, there's something that we might need to do. We need to forgive somebody, Mm. you know, we need to um, take that, take our eyes off of ourselves. Mm -hmm. There's so many different things just, and they're always slight adjustment, just a slight adjustment, but it does, it has great benefits and great rewards. And so now after I came back to the Lord and I actually rededicated my life in 2010. So that's only been 11 years this year. It'll be the second. It'll be next week, actually. When he saved my life that day, it'll be 12 years that he saved my life and started changing my life. Now, that might sound like a long time, but the place I was in my life, it's amazing what he's done in those 12 years. And The secret to me is every day sitting with the Lord. I like to give him the first part of my day. Mm -hmm. I don't always get to do that. Like sometimes when you go to events and you only had three hours of sleep. (laughs) 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 But but he makes up for it. You know, it's like you don't have to do it the first part of the day. But his thing is he loves spending time with us. And the closer you draw to him, just like the word says, the closer you draw to him, he will draw to you Mm -hmm. and when you're brokenhearted he's right there and it's just going to him and not turning your back I turn my back on him when my son's died Mm. I'm like what did I ever do that would make you do that to me yeah you know but I didn't know we have an enemy of our soul you know and I didn't know that God would never do that to me you know but now I know he he loves us so much Mm-hmm. and um I'm not perfect but to me it's like if I have a day where I don't seek the Lord it's probably not going to be a really good day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could have been a better day if yeah. I just thank him just being grateful thank you God for everything I have I say the Lord's prayer I say my Ephesians prayers you know um those are miracle working prayers by the way the Ephesians prayers that's something I highly suggest if if you even just start off with that it'll change your life and you won't even know why or how one day it's just changed what specific address is it in the bible it's Ephesians 1 16 through 21 okay and Ephesians 3 14 through 21 and everywhere Paul says you or your put your name in there or whoever you're praying for and um yeah, and that personalizes it, mm-hmm. and it, and it empowers you within the words. And I mean, obviously, it's him working in you. Yeah, and this speaks great power over you and whoever you're praying for. That's yeah. beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Edie. I feel incredibly encouraged after this, um, and I'm sure there's other hidden talents and beautiful things that you also could have dove into and. I'm just thrilled that we got to have you on today. And so it was such an honor. Thank you. Thank you so very much. You have a most blessed rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Next Level Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. For more resources to help you maintain your next level life, join our community at themichaelmcintyre.com.